Alrighty, good morning. So this morning we're going to talk about the gospel of the kingdom of God um, and how it works and, and why. I hope I can sit on this table. Uh, I don't think I should sit on the table. Sit on the table. Um, good morning, Facebook. Uh, we're doing Bible study. Y'all are just having a sneak peek of, uh, of our, our word. So God is awesome. Um, so... We're going to talk about Jesus and how he preached the gospel of the kingdom. First of all, can you imagine? If there was a town, uh, imagine if there was a town that Jesus was the governor. Okay? Or let's imagine that he was the king of a place, and a real place, not just like heaven, okay, we're talking about a real place, well, heaven's real, but a real place on earth, okay, where he was the, he was the ruler of this town, could you honestly believe that in that town that Jesus lived, that there would be any sick people? No. <laughs> Think about it. If Jesus lived in Brownwood, Texas, then there would be no sick people. Now, if they were sick, they would come to Jesus, and then they would get healed. Every one of them. Every one of them. Every one would be healed. And... <clears throat> The question is, why? Why would everyone get healed? You know, we study the word. We see that every time Jesus went to a city, every time Jesus went somewhere, somebody was getting healed. All the time. And they bring everybody there, and it says that all of the sick people would be healed. Every single one of them. Shows your power. Show us your power. Yeah, some people think it's to demonstrate power. I'm going to show you some scriptures today that might might completely radically change your thinking about why Jesus did miracles. Okay, um, this is so powerful, man. If Jesus was in Brownwood, Texas, <clears throat> there would be nobody in Brownwood, Texas that couldn't get healed of their sickness. We're talking about supernatural signs and wonders. We're talking about people who have cancer, all the cancer patients. Could you imagine if if Jesus walked into a hospital? Would there and, ever, and anybody who wanted to get prayed for, everybody who wanted Jesus, absolutely everybody who came to Jesus would be completely healed of cancer. Every person who had fertility problems, every one of them would be able to have babies. Everybody who was missing a limb. All the soldiers from Iraq. You know, they lost a limb. If they came to Jesus, their limb would grow back. Everybody who's deaf. Everybody who's blind. Every single person, no matter what their problem was, if Jesus was in Brownwood, Texas, they would all get healed. It wouldn't be allowed. It wouldn't sickness. Sickness. If Jesus was really the the king of Brownwood, now I'm using Brownwood, Texas, because that's where we're at, right? But if you're in Dallas, you know, if you're in Costa Rica, I don't care where you are. If Jesus was the ruler of that town. Sickness would be against the law. <laughs> you know? Sickness would be illegal. Why? Why why be sick? Why be sick? When you know there's a healer. <laughs> Is this could you really imagine a city that Jesus would be the ruler of that there would be any sickness? 
I could not imagine a city where Jesus lived. Now, the Bible does say that when he went home to his home in Nazareth, that he, the faith was so low, was so low that all he could do was heal a couple people. <laughs> you know, everybody wants to do, look, Jesus had so much faith that he didn't care who was around. Even if they had no faith, people still got healed. You know? But that's because Jesus had faith. And Jesus talked about faith so many times. <clears throat> so the question is why? Why? Everybody wants to say, well, Jesus healed because he was the Son of God. Well, that don't make no sense because Elijah was not the Son of God. Elijah was not God, but Elijah healed. Peter healed, John healed, James healed, all the disciples healed, every one of them. 72 people that Jesus sent out, they went and healed people. They weren't God, you know. Um, Jesus talked about faith, man. But why did Jesus heal? It wasn't just because he was the Son of God. Jesus healed for a couple reasons, for, for particular two reasons um, here we're going to learn about. Jesus preached the gospel, man. If y'all go to your Bibles in Matthew... Matthew chapter 9. It's really amazing, actually. Matthew chapter 9. <clears throat> We're going to be... Verse 27. And uh, and also, and, and we're also going to be reading, let's see here, verse 35. Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to just mark a few scripture verses here, just so you guys can all write them down. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 14. Luke, these are all stuff you can look up. Luke 18, 38. Mark 10, 47. Matthew 20, verse 29 through 34. <clears throat> and also, oh, I already told you about Mark Matthew 9, uh, 27. This is going to tell you some pretty powerful stuff, man. If you'll go to uh, verse 27 in Mark, Matthew 9, 27 right here. <clears throat> Jesus passed on from there. Two blind men followed them, crying out, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he entered the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it done to you. And their eyes were opened. And Jesus sternly warned them, See that no one knows about it. But they went away and spread his fame throughout all that district. Verse 35. <clears throat> and Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. Every one of them. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And then it goes on in verse 5 of chapter 10. <clears throat> these 12, these 12, I'm talking about the disciples, Jesus sent out instructing them, Go nowhere among the Gentiles. And enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You receive without paying, give without pay. Man, so much good stuff here. <clears throat> I want to go back to verse 35. And Jesus went throughout the cities and villages, teaching their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom. When Jesus went into a city, he preached the gospel of the kingdom. What does gospel mean? Gospel means good 
news. Gospel means good news. All right, so Jesus, now check this out. There's not a lot of times, Jesus did talk about himself. He really did. He talked about himself being um, the Christ, but he, he was very kind of mysterious about it, and he let people's hearts turn to that. But it's not like, it's not like this, guys. A lot of times we go out and we preach the gospel. Jesus paid for your sin to take away all your sin. <clears throat> turn to him and, and come to know the Lord. Well, that is the gospel, okay? But what Jesus came to bring wasn't his sacrifice alone. See, here's what happens. We focus so much on the cross, okay, that we forget what the cross was for. The cross wasn't everything, man. The cross was the payment for everything. Listen, if I go and get you, buy a big, if I go buy you a, a, a Chevy Camaro, for what, $27,000 or $37,000, something like that? Let's just say $30,000. Let's say we, let's say I went and bought you a Camaro for $30,000, okay? <clears throat> and you got that Camaro and you went out and started telling everybody, dude, this guy paid $30,000. And that's all you ever talked about? Dude, my friend over here, dude, he paid $30,000. Isn't that good news? And that's all he said? Hey, dude, my friend paid $30,000, man. He paid $30,000. Isn't that good news? What's the, what's the good news about $30,000? He paid $30,000. What'd they do? $30,000 for what? What did he pay $30,000 for? Because if I just tell you the guy paid thirty thousand dollars, and I don't tell you what he paid for, he paid thirty thousand dollars. What did he do? What did he do? He paid thirty thousand dollars. What did he do? Jesus died on the cross. This is the payment, guys. This doesn't. Why are you talking about the payment so much? Why don't you tell me what he paid for? I paid thirty thousand dollars for what? A Camaro. <laughs> and we're going to go preach the gospel. We have to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. Why? Because the cross paid for the kingdom. <laughs> Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom of God. He didn't even preach about his cross. He did tell about it. Well, the son, the son of man will go and suffer. He does preach and prophesy about his death and resurrection. But you have to remember that that's... That was the cost of what he paid for. The gospel is the kingdom. The cross is how we got there. So the cross is good news. The resurrection is good news, but it's not the end. It's It was just the door. Jesus says, I am the gate, right? I am the way. The way to what? The way to the kingdom. So we focus so much on our theology, which is Jesus died on the cross and rose again. That's theology. It's a story, but it's theology. It teaches us the theology behind and the doctrine. But what's the doctrine for? For what? For freedom. That's the gospel, freedom. Where the kingdom of God is, there's freedom. When the kingdom of God comes, he sets up domain. You see what I'm saying? But we forget, man. We get so hung up on our theology and our doctrine, and we think, oh, that's such a beautiful, that dollar bill. That dollar bill is so beautiful. You know? Well, why is it beautiful? Because of what it paid for. Ooh, come on. <laughs> the cross is the payment for the kingdom. This is what we should be getting excited about. The cross is awesome. This is the sacrifice. This was the payment. This we should never ever disqualify the cross. But I can't I but I'm telling you right now, if we don't talk about the kingdom, we do disqualify the cross. What's the point in the cross if you don't talk about the kingdom? <laughs> 
What's the point in the cross if we're not talking about the kingdom? If we, if we don't understand everything that he paid for, man. What did he pay for, man? He paid for freedom. Freedom from all this sickness and everything. Freedom from your sin. Freedom from uh, divorce. Freedom from addictions. Freedom from depression. Freedom from poverty. Freedom. Isaiah 61. Everybody go to Isaiah 61. Jesus gets up and he preaches. And this is what he preaches. The kingdom of God. This is the kingdom. This is the gospel right here. Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61. Thank you, Jesus. Look, we can get so excited about the theology and the mysteries of the gospel and the mysteries of the cross, the mysteries of the resurrection, and it's all, I call it, you know what I call that stuff? Man, I call theology and doctrine candy for my intellect. Oh, don't erase all that. Intellectual candy. But what's the point, man? 1 Corinthians, what's my shirt saying? 1 Corinthians 4.20. Intellectual candy. It's not talk, but it's power. Not talk, but power. The kingdom of God is not about talk. It's about power. Woo! <laughs> it's not about talk. It's about power. So we can talk about the mysteries. And dude, I can talk about the mysteries, man. The mysteries of the cross and the resurrection. And I'm telling you what, dude, this amazing stuff, this is so amazing. It's such meat but dude what's the point in the meat if you don't get out there and do something with it man if you go eat and eat and eat and eat i just call it i call it spiritual obesity obesity i'm misspelling that word obesity you're so fat on the word of god whoo you fat on the word of god you're sitting on the pew and the pew's just sinking because all you do is spend all your time in, in, in the church getting fed the Word of God. And we're not doing nothing with it, man. we got to go out there and do Why? What's the point in the cross, in the gospel, if we're not bringing the kingdom of God, man? What's the point? Go to church and worshiping and singing and listening to a good sermon. Something to tickle on a little ear. That's what happens, man. Listen, dude, Ezekiel, God told Ezekiel, man, they're going to come to you and they're going to listen to you. Ezekiel, and they're going to be like, oh man, his voice is nice to listen to, and it's like a harp. It's in Ezekiel. He's like, he's a crazy prophet. He's the one who slept on his side, what, naked or something like that? I can't remember. Buy some cow, he cooked all the stuff in cow dung. I mean, he's a crazy prophet. He did some weird stuff. He saw some weird stuff. We'd all think he was tripped out on acid or something. I'm telling you, this guy was nuts. But everybody come around and watch him preach, and they go, oh man, dude, this guy is like amazing. And how many times we hear that, man? This preacher, he's so awesome. He's so awesome. Well, what are we doing with... Look, the problem with Ezekiel's people that he was preaching to, they didn't do nothing with what he said. He was, te he was teaching them, and he was prophesying, repent for the kingdom of God. He's repent, repent, repent. Or the disaster's going to come. They didn't do nothing with it. Didn't do anything with it. And then they perished. They perished because they didn't do anything with it, man. We got to do something with the word of God. When God comes, when, when the word of God is being preached, it's not just for intellectual candy. It's not just for, oh yeah, that's a good idea, man. Yeah, I did my one hour a week and it's Sunday. Or 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 I did my uh my Bible study today. Great, yay. Man, what are we doing with the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God, if it's not affecting your life every single day, if it's not consuming you, what's the point? What's the point, man? Spiritual obesity, I believe, dude, we get so fat on the word. We just sit there with our pews. The pews just sink down the ground, dragging on the carpet. We don't do nothing with it. Man, we got to get the word of God. We got to put it inside of us, and we got to go burn that sucker off, man. You know what? Every time you hear the word of God, it's a pre-workout. I don't know if anybody does any, like, working out. But every time you get the word of God, it's a pre-workout. The only reason that you get the word of God in you is to go work it off. It's a pre-workout, man. The kingdom of God. The gospel of the kingdom of God. Jesus preached about the gospel of the kingdom of God. And nobody saw him die yet. 
he hadn't died yet. He hadn't resurrected yet. So he couldn't talk about the, the, the death and resurrection like we can. All he could teach about was the kingdom of God. What's the kingdom of God? The thing that he was going to have to pay for. That he was bringing. He was, you know that he had a debt to pay? Because he was healing all these people. He hadn't paid for it yet. <laughs> he was working on credit, man. Jesus was healing people on credit. <laughs> you know, he was going to pay for it. It's like, it's like getting a taxi driver. I like this, dude. It's like getting a taxi driver. You know why Jesus couldn't forgive sins? Because he had credit, man. He had a good credit score. <laughs> 800 plus, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> he, can, he can forgive your sins and get away with it because he was going to pay the debt, man. Check this out. Whenever you get in a taxi driver, you sit in that taxi, and you're driving, and you look at the taxi meter, and it's ticking up. And up, every dollar amount goes up and up and up and up. The dollar goes up and up and up. The whole time you're riding, you're riding for free until the day, until the moment you get out of that taxi. If you get out of the taxi and don't pay, now you're stealing. So technically, you're stealing a ride for a whole hour until you pay, right? So here's what Jesus does, man. For thousands of years, he's been forgiving sin. I'm talking about before Jesus, right? Uh, before Jesus died, and it says in the Bible, he says that he it says that Jesus came. So that he, so that the sins that he overlooked, this is in Romans, I believe. So that the sins that he, that he passed over in the past would be justified. Why? He's working on credit in a taxi driver. He has dad's ring. <laughs> so listen, bro. He's he's driving in that little taxi. The meter's going up and up and up, and he's just racking it up, man. He's racking up the cost, and he dies for us, man. He paid the price. Listen, the king, the gospel wasn't the death and resurrection necessarily. The death and resurrection gets you the gospel. Man, this is so good. It gets us the gospel, man. The gospel is the kingdom. That's what Jesus preached, the gospel of the kingdom. Not the gospel of him dying and rising again. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be heretical here. The cross and the resurrection is the gospel. But it's not the gospel. It's not the completion of the gospel. It's it's the payment for the gospel. Man, if we could get this, man. What did Jesus pay for? That's what the cross is. That's why we celebrate the cross and the resurrection, because of what it pays for. Not for it in its alone in itself. It's good stuff. So why? 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 Why did they do this, dude? Look. So why? This is so powerful. We're, we're asking this question. <clears throat> why did Jesus heal the sick? Well, why did Jesus die? Jesus says, Greater love has no one than this. Love is the answer, man. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Love. For God so loved the world. When they came out, when they, when, here, let's check this out. Y'all go to uh, Matthew chapter 20, verse 34. I think you got that right. Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. Dude, this is amazing. <clears throat> and they went out of Jericho. A great crowd followed him. And behold, there were two blind men sitting by the roadside. And when they heard that Jesus was passing by, they cried out, Lord, have mercy on us. All right, stop right there. Lord, have mercy. Have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy. Son of David, the crowd rebuked them, telling them to be silent, but they cried out all the more, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. And stopping, Jesus called them and said, What do you want me to do for you? 
they said to him, Lord, let our eyes be open. And Jesus, in pity, touched their eyes. This is verse 34. Jesus had pity. Listen, you know why Jesus, if Jesus was the king of a village or a town, there would be no sickness? Because he would have pity. Here's the thing, guys. This takes faith to believe that God loves us so much he would heal our diseases. Especially when we look at our experience and we say, well, I didn't get healed over here. And so what happens is when we go through a tough time, here's the temptation. The temptation is to say, well, God must not love me. Because, listen, your circumstance does not determine the love. The love will affect the circumstance. Okay? And it's faith in the love. Watch this. He says, your faith. All right, go, go to uh, Matthew, go to Mark chapter 10, verse 47. So here's the thing. People say, well, if, if, God, if Jesus loved this man and healed him, why won't he heal me? So then they, they all of a sudden they start to go to faith. And they think that just because it didn't happen, that must mean it's not God's will. Okay? So that's what they start saying. Well, if I didn't get healed, maybe it's not God's will. Okay, that's a problem. That's a problem because Jesus never turned anybody away. Jesus never, and when people came to Jesus, Jesus never turned them away. Jesus tells us the answer, and it's a hard answer, okay? If you go to, if you go to Mark chapter 10, you know why it's a hard answer? Because it point, <laughs> we want to point the finger always at somebody else. We don't ever want to point the finger at us, okay? Mark chapter 10, verse 47. <clears throat> and they came to Jericho, and he says, uh, verse 46, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples, and a crowd came, a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. It's the same story, but it, it actually names one of the guys, okay? <clears throat> when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and, and said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up, he's calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. So cool, by the way. He said, Go your way. So he gets recovered. And then after that, he's like, I want to follow Jesus. He didn't go his own way after that. <laughs> All right. So, so here it is. We see in one story that it talks about it's the mercy of God. So what is it? Why does Jesus heal? Because of mercy. Why? Because the cross is mercy. The cross is, man, the cross is mercy. The cross is the cost. Mm. The cross is the cost of mercy. Why do we want to step on the cross and say that now his mercy wasn't enough. I mean, this is this plays on emotions. That's the problem. I don't want to play on anybody's emotions. I'm trying to state facts here. The mercy of God is what heals you. The mercy of God is what forgives you. Come on. The mercy of God is what forgives you. The mercy of God is what heals you. Come on. Psalms 103 says, Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul, forget none of his benefits. He forgives all of my sins and heals all of my diseases. It's the mercy of God. The mercy of God. It's the mercy of God. The cross is the cost of the mercy of God. So let's not cheapen the cross and say that it only covers sin. Because right here in these, in these stories, the men are saying, have mercy on me. And Jesus takes pity. It says he has pity on them. In Matthew chapter 9, 35, it says, uh, I'll go over there real quick. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, says, And when Jesus, Jesus went, at, went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease. The kingdom of God brought healing for every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. So why was he healing every disease and every affliction and teaching the gospel of the kingdom? Because of his compassion. <laughs> compassion and mercy. Dude, this is awesome. Compassion and mercy. So 
When you say, oh, it must not be God's will to heal, what you're saying is it's not God's will to be merciful. Oh, it's not God's will to heal. Well, then it's not God's will to be compassionate. You violate the character of God when we preach that. He's not a liar. That's right. God's not a liar. God's not a liar. If you say it's not God's will to have compassion, you see what I'm saying? If, if it's not God's will to heal, then you're saying it's not God's will to have compassion. Because that's why Jesus healed. He had compassion. And so he healed them. This is hard, man, because you know what? People, people don't want to say that, man. This really gets down to the heart of matters, man. This gets down to the heart of matters. The cross is a cost of mercy. Let's not spit on the cross anymore and say that it's not God's will to heal. It is God's will to heal. The question is, the question is, do you believe? God's love is never in question. God's love is never in question. We've got to stop that. We've got to stop wondering if it's God's will. It's always God's will to heal. That's the truth. Always God's will to heal. It's always God's will to forgive sins. And Jesus paid for sins to be forgiven on the cross. That means it's always God's will to heal, which means that Jesus paid the price for our sicknesses to recover. Isaiah 53 says, by his wounds we have been healed. And many people will say, well, that's just talking about, you know, your heart. All right, but go to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8 gives you um, the explanation from, for Isaiah 53. By his wounds we have been healed. And everybody says, well, we, that must be your heart being healed. But in Matthew chapter 8, <clears throat> it says right here. <clears throat> I'm in Mark. Go to Matthew chapter 8. Not Mark 8. Matthew 8. Matthew chapter 8. I believe it's verse 10. All right, it's verse 14. And when Jesus entered Peter's house, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her and she rose and began to serve him. That evening they brought to him many who were oppressed by demons and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. Verse 17. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah he took our illnesses and bore our diseases. So, Isaiah is definitely preaching about our sicknesses being healed, not just our hearts being healed. It's talking about our sicknesses being healed. Why? Because Matthew chapter 8 is confirming the word, the prophetic word of Isaiah, saying that Jesus was going about healing the sick because of Isaiah 53, to fulfill the prophecies. But see, the thing is, in Matthew chapter 10, 9, it says... Jesus had compassion on the people. He was healing the sick. And then he says, he had compassion and said, pray for the workers. Why? Because Jesus was going to die, rise again, and leave. So in John chapter 14, he says, anyone who believes in me will do the same things I've been doing and greater because I go to the Father. Why? Because Jesus wasn't done doing the work yet. He just wasn't going to be here anymore. The body, the, the scripture says that we are the body of Christ. And the only criteria for doing the works of Jesus according to Jesus' words, not any other doctrine, not any other um, de denomination, but according to Jesus' own words in John chapter 14, anyone who believes in me will do the same things I've been doing in greater. He never said, those who are gifted, <laughs> anyone who believes in me. And, anytime, and a bunch of times, all these passages I wrote right here, every one of these, Jesus looked at the blind man and said, hey man, oh, sorry, right here. The blind man and said, because your faith, you're, you've been made well, your faith has made you well. The woman who had the issue of blood touched the hem of the garment. He turned around and said, because of your faith, you've been made well. When the, two, the, the blind people come up there, he said, because of your faith, you've been made well. Why? Because Jesus' faithfulness is never in question. It's our faith that's in question, whether or not we believe in his faithfulness. 
Jesus cannot come, the kingdom of God cannot come to a place where there is no faith. Faith gives permission. Man. Faith gives permission for the kingdom of God to be advanced. And the reason why we have such a hard time with faith is because we're selfish. And unbelief resides in self. Unbelief resides in self. And as long as yourself is in the way, your faith will be hindered. Your faith will be hindered. This is where unbelief is from. Unbelief is leaning in your own understanding. When you see a man who has no... I'm just going to talk about something really tough. This is probably the hardest one right here. You see a guy who has no leg. Okay? And you want to go pray for them for their leg to grow back. Why? Because in the kingdom of God, there's nobody in heaven who doesn't have every one of their limbs. And let me just touch on this. There is a, there is a thing going around nowadays where people are like, I'm... <clears throat> uh, talk about their defects. Okay? And they say... You know, God made me perfect in my mother's womb, and and I'm deaf because it's God's will. See, that's a problem, because in heaven, there's no deaf people. It's a problem. The kingdom of God, there's no deaf people. We've got to stop embracing, stop embracing the defects. And stop identifying with our weakness. Our weakness. Come on. Our weakness. In our weakness, God is strong. What does that mean? His power comes through our weakness. It doesn't mean that we stay weak. It means that he becomes strong in us. Okay? Stop identifying with our, weak, our weaknesses. We have to start identifying we need to identify with Christ. Well, in Christ is the cross, which is the cost of mercy. This is the hard thing, man. Because it, it, it has to do with our faith, man. It has to do with our faith. And I have a hard time teaching in this because, but I know it's the truth, man. And if I don't teach the truth, then I'm just, I'm just tickling people's ears. You know? If I don't teach the truth, I'm just tickling people's ears. This, this is so important. Jesus only talked about this. He talked about the kingdom. He talked about faith. Two main points he ever talked about. Kingdom, faith. Kingdom, faith. What? You just got to believe it, man. Let it go. Let yourself go. Die to yourself. Jesus talked about dying to self. Die to yourself. When you die to yourself, you get out of the way and let God move. You know, I, I got people... I go pray for people sometimes and like, well, man, it's just, it's just, just the way it is, man. I'm getting old and I go pray for their back or whatever. I'm just old, man. It's just what happens when you get old. When I get to heaven, I'm going to get older and older and older and older and older and older and older. And it's just going to be more glorious and glorious and glorious and glorious. Just because you're old doesn't mean you have to be sick. Just because you're old doesn't mean... what. Well, so you're telling me that your oldness surpasses the word of God. That's what you're saying. You're telling me, I was just born blind. So you're telling me that the way you were born surpasses the will of God. You know? Man, this is tough. You're, you're basically saying that you're just professing unbelief. That's all it is. That's hard. That's really hard. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just telling the truth, man. If we could, if we could, Jesus told his disciples all the time, oh, you a little faith. Because of your unbelief. And listen, the disciples never got offended. You know what they did? They said, I need this more. And they pressed in. And they broke through. Man, they broke through, man. They broke through. The gospel, this is so good. This is so good. <clears throat> God so loved the world. God's love is the reason why the kingdom of God is available. 
Man. He heals you because he loves you. He heals you because he loves you. Just because Now, just because you didn't get healed doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. Come on. Just because you're deep in sin doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. You know? Just because you're backsliding doesn't mean God doesn't love you. Okay? Why? Because it's according to our faith. We believe. And we keep moving forward. And, and here's the tough thing about faith, man. Faith always goes to a place of impossibility, which means there's going to be a moment in your life where you start believing God, and it's not going to happen, and you're just going to have to press through, and just keep pressing through, and just keep pressing through, and just keep pressing through, because faith never stops. Faith never gives up. Faith doesn't care about the experience. It doesn't care about what it sees with its eyes. It just says, I know the truth, and the truth will set me free. And it says, I don't care what I see with my eyes. I just believe what the Word of God says. I don't care what the, what, 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 what the news says. I don't care what my friends say. I don't care what the wind, what the wind blowing. And, and I'm walking on this water, man. I don't care if the wind's coming. I don't care if the winds are coming up. I don't care what my experience is. God told me to come out here on the water, and I'm going to walk. Faith doesn't care about the experience. <coughs> only, only cares about the Word of God. Perfect, watch this, perfect love cast out all fear. Fear is doubt. Which is actually, <coughs> doubt is actually belief in the negative. Okay? Doubt and fear and doubt, they're faith. They're just faith in the opposite of God's Word. Perfect love casts out all fear. The Bible says that love always trusts. Love is faith, man. Love is faith. <coughs> when I love God, I, I, the Bible says love does not insist on its own way. I remove myself. Listen, God's love is what caused him to die for you. God's love is what caused him to heal you. God's love is what caused him to forgive you. And it's your love for him that will cause you to believe him. It's your love that will cause you to remove yourself and not insist on your own way, but to always trust and to always believe and to always hope. And love never fails. <coughs> Man, I'm telling you what, this is powerful, guys. We're going to die for ourselves. We have to have faith. Believe the word of God, man. So here's the thing. So back to the beginning, man. Back to the beginning. In the beginning, we were talking about if Jesus was the king of a city. If Jesus was the king of a city, would there be any sick people there? Listen, let me, let me recap. <clears throat> Jesus preached the gospel before he died. The gospel is not the cross and resurrection. The gospel is the kingdom. The resurrection, the cross and resurrection were the purchase price for the gospel. They are not the gospel itself. The cross and resurrection was the purchase for the gospel because Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom. And the kingdom was the purchase, was, was what the cross and resurrection bought. This is so good, man. The kingdom is what Jesus paid for with the cross and resurrection. But the true gospel is what did we get for it? It's that Camaro, not the $30,000. Now, the $30,000, now check this out. The $30,000 is what, <clears throat> watch this. The $30,000 is what the Camaro was valued at. So in a sense, the $30,000 is the good news, right? Because if I gave you a Camaro, or if I just gave you the $30,000, both would be the equal blessing, right? But if you get $30,000 and don't know what it can buy, then it's your lack of knowledge. It's your lack of knowledge that causes you to perish. So if you don't know what that $30,000 can buy, then there's no power in it. So people receive the cross and resurrection, but they don't know what it can buy. I mean, the, the $30,000 is the same equivalent as the Camaro. 
I mean, this is, it's exactly the same. It equals each other. Does that make sense? But it's the kingdom of God that we're going for, man. He paid the price for the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom, there is no sin, there is no sickness. It's the lack of knowledge of what it can buy that leads to perishing. If you don't know the cross and resurrection can heal you of your sins and forgive you of your sins, then you'll go to hell because you don't believe. Come on. This was given to you. The cross and resurrection was given to you. If you don't know what it gave you, you will go to hell. Lack of knowledge leads to perishing. If you don't know that it can lead to healing, then you will be sick. You see what I'm saying? You'll be this is powerful. That's why. Why? Because you don't know how to activate it and how to appropriate it. If you, do, if you got $30,000 and didn't know what it was worth and what it could get, you wouldn't just sit on it and never do anything with it. It would just sit there with absolutely no power and absolutely no purpose. The same thing with cross and resurrection. People get the cross and resurrection and don't do anything with it. And the, the Bible says that that's like receiving the talent <clears throat> and burying it in the sand. And that man was thrown with the sinners because he buried it. And he did not inherit eternal life because he buried it. He took the cross and resurrection and he buried it. Come on. And he took what he had and gave it to somebody else who was faithful. You know, listen, if you're not operating in something that's of the kingdom, be faithful with what you do have. If you've never seen anybody get healed, go preach the gospel about people's sins being forgiven. And as you go do that and you love people and you, you, you disperse mercy, then all of the facets of mercy will explode inside of you and you'll start preaching other sides of mercy. I remember riding in a car, dude, with a friend of mine who had a $40,000 car. <clears throat> We're driving a two-hour drive and this car was amazing. Everything, every, everything about it, man. Of course, he had the Bluetooth, right? So here's the thing about the car. He is driving the car, and he's trying to tell us about this car. And we're thinking, yeah, that's a nice car. Yay, $40,000, right? So we're seeing a $40,000 car. We're seeing a nice car, right? But, dude, do you know what can come with a nice car like that? Dude, we sat there, and we just didn't have a clue. We didn't have a clue what this car could do. We're sitting there driving, and he's driving like this. He's like, dude, check out what my car can do. And then, of course, he has this big, I don't, I, I don't, there's so much stuff, dude, I can't remember. But every 15 minutes for a two-hour drive, he was telling us something else that his car could do. <clears throat> I mean, we're talking like, he let go of the steering wheel, put it on cruise control, okay? So that's one thing we take for granted, right? Cruise control, right? But check this out. This guy had a cruise control. If he let go of the wheel, <clears throat> there were cameras on his car that could tell where the lane was. And if he started going off of the road, the steering wheel would turn on its own and get right back on track. <laughs> and then he could set a cushion between him and the next car. And literally, he could get in his car, get on the highway, all the way to work, and never press the gas or the brake. Set the cruise control for 30 miles an hour with a 20-foot cushion. And his car would drive down the road at 30 miles an hour. And when the car in front of him put the brakes on, his car would automatically put the brakes on with a 20-foot cushion. And never had to touch the gas or the brake all the way to work. They started raining on the way there, right? And all of a sudden, the windshield wipers just started coming on. He goes, hey, dude, check this out. I don't have to set my, my uh, how fast the thing is or nothing. When it starts raining softly, it goes real slow. And when it gets harder... The window show wipers go faster. There's sensors on the window that can tell how much rain, and it just starts going. <laughs> of course, then he's got the rear view uh, camera, so he's backing up and he can see through the camera, you know. Beep, 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 alert, alert, and he's talking to him, you know. I mean, just one feature after another, after another, after another, after another, after another. Dude, I believe that our kingdom has so many features in it that we've never tapped into. Simply because we don't ask. Simply because we don't study. We've settled for a kingdom gospel that says, I'm going to go to heaven when I die. And that's it. 
We have not opened up our owner's manual and said, wow, man, look at all the things that this car can do. There are so many, I call it the grace table, man. We have the grace table. And we believe one thing of the grace table, and we don't believe all of it. And it's about your stomach. Here's your faith. Where, how much can you stomach? Because if all you can believe for is this right here, it's all you're going to get. But as you, as you, as you, as your stomach gets bigger, you can eat more off that table. And the more you start seeing, wow, man, look at all this. You know, I heard a comedian one time talk about how he was going down the buffet line and he was going and putting stuff on his plate and he gets down to the last part where there's bacon at the end of the table. He didn't know there was bacon. He goes, man, if I was knew there was bacon, I wouldn't put every this stuff on here. I just would fill it up with bacon, right? <laughs> the deal is, dude, we got, um, we get, we, we only settle for less, man. There's so much more to this table. Have, I mean, how many times have you gone to a potluck uh, and, and, and you're like, and you get halfway through the line and your, your plate's already full, you should have brought a second plate because there's more good stuff at the end of the table you didn't know about. That's the, this is the Bible, bro. That's what the Bible is. Everybody settled for one plate or they settled for a little saucer or a little soup bowl. There's so much more we have access to in the Word of God. So much more. And the question is, do you believe it? Something died? Oh. <laughs> Something fell. Something died. Sorry. Dude, this is awesome. Listen, so, so here's the thing. The gospel is the kingdom. Do you know what is available to you? Have you read your book, man? Have you read your promises? The scripture says that every promise of God is yes in Jesus Christ. And we speak amen. Every single promise that's in here belongs to you. You can no longer say, well, that was for the Israelites. So that, was, that was for a different time. No, every single promise that is in the Bible, every promise that's made by God is yes in Jesus Christ. And we speak amen in faith. It's just a matter of believing and seeing and pursuing it. Amen. Amen means let it be. Let it be done. Well, I hope y'all are blessed. Jesus Christ is awesome. And he paid a high price for us to have a kingdom. Amen.